0: day are in day Good morning, everyone. You're listening to Mornings with Pastor Adam on the West Coast Bible Teacher Podcast. Here it is, our final podcast of 2023. And uh, I will indeed be posting a podcast on Monday, New Year's Day. Um, I'll sort of uh, do my best to orient that podcast in such a way to where it will serve as a wonderful word of encouragement for the new year. Uh, of course, a few of our podcasts this week have already been New Year-oriented when it comes to things that we can take to heart as we venture into the New Year. Um, yesterday morning, I focused on that of our Christian children, who are headed back to a world full of peer pressure in the school setting, and uh, talked about how we can continue to help and encourage our youth spiritually as they head back into a, you know, that rather difficult uh, setting. But today I want to change gears a little bit, and I want to talk to those of you who are going into 2024 carrying a particular burden or a trial. For some of us, 2024 probably won't feel any different at all. You're still dealing with the same storm, the same trial that you were experiencing in 2023. The only thing that's going to be different for you now in 2024... Is the fact that you're going to be writing a different number, right? You know, a different date whenever you write a check or fill out paperwork at the doctor's office. Or wherever you are where you have to, you know, put down a date on a piece of paper. That might be the only thing that really changes for you in the new year. It's a new year, but your life situation is still the same as it was last year. Whatever it is you might be dealing with right now. And you're wondering, when are things going to change? Why is God allowing this difficulty to press on in my life? You know, it it might be a strong depression that has taken over your mindset. To where every morning when you wake up, you feel like just going back to sleep. You don't want to face the day. You may even at times wake up in the morning and think, you know what, if, if I fell asleep right now and I did never wake up again, you know, that, that would just be okay. Have you ever felt that way before? But you don't like being depressed. You're wondering when the Lord will take this mental burden away from you. But your trial may not just be a depression, because often the, we, the reason why uh, we're depressed is because of our circumstances. You know, that's called circumstantial depression. You know, your depression is a trial in and of itself, but it's the result of an even bigger trial. ...that you might be dealing with in life. Whatever the case may be. Maybe you just found out that your partner cheated on you. Your boyfriend. You know, or your girlfriend. Or even worse, you found out that your spouse of 10 years has cheated. And you've caught them, but they're being completely indifferent to it. They want a divorce... They're telling you things like, oh, come on, you know, we we really have grown apart, you know, and, and, you know, I don't feel the same anymore. And I know one young couple, they were involved at my church. They no longer attend. The husband was involved in ministry. They had just gotten married. Good looking couple. Husband was handsome. Wife was young and pretty. We all cheered and celebrated when they got married, but after a little over a year, this young wife, one day, finds out that her husband had an affair, and when confronted about it, the husband didn't even appear to be remorseful. Now, I'm not sure how he feels about it all now, you know, this happened a couple, a couple of years ago now, but at least at the time, there didn't appear to be any remorse on his part. But all of us at church, of course, you know, we all felt so bad for this poor young wife. Everyone knew her as such a loving and godly young gal. And look now what she had to suffer through. And that's so sad, you know, because I can imagine you've, you've been married for only about a year. Everything seems all perfect and great. You're young. You know, you married the man that you thought was the man of your dreams, right? You know, everything you could have wanted in a guy. Everything seems to be on the right course. But then an unexpected trial like that just comes around and just, you know, hits you right in the gut. And all of a sudden, things are completely different. You thought things were just perfect, right? They couldn't have been better. And now all you can do is just cry out, Why, Lord? Why have you allowed this, Lord? Why? Why are you allowing this, God? Have you ever been there? Where you just cried out to the Lord, Why? Why, God, why are you allowing this in my life? Habakkuk wanted to know why. At the beginning of the book named after him, we see that he cried out, How long, Lord, must I call for help, but you do not listen? Or cry out to you violence, but you do not save? Why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrongdoing? Destruction and violence are before me, There is strife, and conflict abounds. Therefore the law is paralyzed, and justice never prevails. The wicked hem in the righteous, so that justice is perverted. Listen to Habakkuk's words. Why, Lord? How long? How long must I call for help? Does God really care about the pain that I feel? Does God really care that things are messed up all around me? If God really cared, he would stop all these bad things. He would force his hand into my life, into my situation, and he would stop the painful circumstances. Or so we think. (laughs) God's ways are not man's ways. We're a little too simple-minded, remember? (laughs) we often don't think about the bigger picture like God does. And that is why sometimes we shouldn't be so quick to think that God is not working in our lives or that he's abandoned us simply because things presently have gone south. In Habakkuk's case, his heart mourned for the people of Judah, who were living at the time under the reign of Jehoiakim. The Babylonians were gaining ground They were a real threat to the Judeans. But the people of Judah weren't turning to God and seeking His help and wisdom as to how to respond to this ever-growing threat. They didn't want to turn to God. Because turning to God would involve a heart change on their part, and they would have to give up their own wicked deeds that were against Yahweh's statutes. So here was Habakkuk. He saw that those who were truly righteous in Israel that those who were truly righteous were being oppressed. He saw the wickedness of the people of Judah and their disregard for the Lord. He saw the wicked and pagan Babylonians and the fact that they were rising in power. And worst of all, he saw what appeared to be God remaining indifferent to all this calamity. And thus he says here, Lord, I'm crying out to you, but you don't care. You're silent. At least you appear to be silent, God. Now, God answered Habakkuk, and he assured him that he wasn't just being silent or indifferent. He said, Habakkuk, yes, I am doing something. You don't think I am, but I am. Look at the nations and watch, and be utterly amazed. For I am going to do something in your days that you would not believe even if it were told to you. And God went on to explain to Habakkuk that he was raising up the Babylonians for such a time as this, in order to punish the people of Judah for their wickedness. And Habakkuk wasn't happy when he finally got this answer from God, (laughs) because it wasn't something that he wanted to hear. Often we want to see God work. But we only want him to work in the way that we think he should work. We often think that we know more than God does. But God wants us to just lift up our hands and trust him. A key verse in Habakkuk is found in chapter 2. See, the enemy is puffed up. His desires are not upright. But the righteous person will live by his faithfulness. The righteous will live by faith, you see. We need to be faithful even when things don't add up, at least by what we can see externally. We need to be faithful because God is faithful. He's going to hold up his end of the covenant. So we have to trust in God's promises, for they do not change even when the rain is falling and the storm is raging. Habakkuk didn't like that God wasn't just going to swoop in and change the hearts of the people of Judah. He didn't like that, furthermore, God would raise up an even more wicked nation to judge the people of Judah. But, in the end, Habakkuk learned that God would indeed uphold his promises to his people. Even if it was going to take time. Even if the people of Israel had to undergo punishment first. But the lesson here is that God had a purpose for everything that was going on. He was not being indifferent as Habakkuk thought. When God is silent, that doesn't mean that he's not working. Just because something is dire, or it appears that way, does not mean that God has ceased from doing a work in our lives. In fact, often when things are the toughest... That is often when God is working something of the greatest purposes for us behind the scenes. Joseph was given promises, now wasn't he? When he was very young, the Lord gave him two dreams. Two dreams that indicated to Joseph he was set for destiny. But Joseph was soon afterward sold into slavery by his brothers Then he was later falsely accused of a crime he didn't commit in his master's household, and so he was thrown into prison. If there was anyone who had a life situation where it appeared that God wasn't working and that God didn't care, it was Joseph's life situation. But, as it so turns out, God was working behind the scenes, though it may not have appeared that way at first. But God was allowing Joseph to experience the refiner's fire to prepare him for an even greater purpose when he reached the age of his early thirties and he would become second in command over all of Egypt. Ultimately, for the purpose of providing a refuge for his family who came over from Canaan during the famine. And this, of course, served to protect the messianic seed that would eventually bring forth the Messiah. How about David? Remember out of all Jesse's sons. The prophet Samuel chose little old David. To be anointed. So that he was next in line to become king. But for a very long time. When he was in his younger years. David was fleeing for his life. Because Saul. Whom had the spirit of the Lord depart from him because of his rebellious heart. Saul was pursuing David to kill him because he didn't want David to be next in line as king over Israel. And David fled many a times from Saul. He became a fugitive in many ways. He wrote many of the Psalms during this time of his fleeing. But David kept his faith. And in the end, Saul died. And God appointed David as king. But you see, it took time. And God used his time of fleeing from Saul to prepare David. It was a time of preparation. God used that trial to teach David to put his soul, trust, and dependence upon him. And then perhaps the greatest tragedy of them all in the Bible. The crucifixion of Jesus of Nazareth. We read in the Gospel of Mark that when they came to arrest Jesus... All the disciples fled. They were afraid, confused. Of course, Peter denied him three times. There was confusion and everything seemed dire. Of course, they should have understood and recalled all that Jesus had spoken to them about during his earthly ministry, about his coming death. The men on the road to Emmaus, remember, they were bewildered. They were confused. They expressed, Jesus of Nazareth, yes, he was a prophet powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. Remember, that's what they said when they were walking on the road to Emmaus. But Jesus, who was walking alongside them though they didn't know it was him. Jesus responded and said to them, How foolish you are, and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And so, beginning with Moses, we read in all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. Though things seemed dire after the death of Jesus... Everything was going according to God's perfect plan. God had a purpose. He was working. And we need to trust that He is at work behind the scenes, even though things in your life might seem difficult right now. When you experience trial, remember God is allowing you to go through what you're experiencing. So then pray that God reveals to you what it is that He wishes to show you or teach you during your trial. God works out all things together for good. That's a promise. And His promises will be accomplished, though it might seem rough. Though right now things may seem dire. Habakkuk got to the point where he accepted the present difficulty that had come over the people of Judah. He accepted that God was allowing this and finally submitted it all to the Lord. Not that he was to be happy about it. No, but rather that he was to trust God during the devastation that was coming upon his people. Because he trusted that God was going to use it to work out his greater purposes. So Habakkuk then said at the end of his book, Though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails, and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen, and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord, I will be joyful in God my Savior. The Sovereign Lord is my strength, He makes my feet like the feet of a deer, He enables me. ...to tread on the heights. If you're experiencing a trial right now... ...as we venture into 2024... ...keep your head up. God hasn't left you, nor is he indifferent. Pray about it. You know, and consider what he's doing in this trial... ...how he might be using it to accomplish greater purposes in your life. And even if you can't fathom why he's allowing you to go through this trial... And you've already considered the possibility, and you've you've been thinking about it, you've been pondering it, and it just still doesn't make sense. You can't possibly understand why he's allowing it. Still. You need to pray about it. But you also need to trust that his purposes are sovereign. And that he does care. And that he is working. And that he will work it together for the good. Of your life. You just can't see it clearly right now as to what he's doing. But I think this is an important reminder for us to keep in mind, because all of us are going through something. That's just life. And Jesus said, in this world you will have tribulation, but take heart, because I have overcome the world. Remember what Habakkuk said, the Sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of the deer. He enables me to tread on the high places. So God bless you all. This has been Mornings with Pastor Adam, and I will talk to all of you next week.